say that with me tonight. Great, great is His faithfulness. I want you to leave those words up there. You know, I don't know after this week, I don't know any song that is more fitting for the time in which we now live. I've never been more saddened. I've never been more troubled than what I have been this week at the events of our country. Doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, nobody can be proud of what's happening in our country right now. There are many people whose faith has been shaken. I just have this to say, if your faith has been shaken, it's in the wrong thing. Don't forget, in grief and in glory, it doesn't matter what you have to go through. His faithfulness is what matters. So lift your head. Come on, lift up your head. Get your eyes off of America. Get your eyes off of our situation and lift them a little higher and let's see the Lord that's high and lift it up. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, ladies, for singing that tonight, reminding us of what we need to be more aware of than anything else. I want to challenge you over the next few weeks before you go to Facebook, before you check your text messages, before you check your emails. I wonder how many of you would commit with me that the first waking thought of your day is going to be on the Lord. And that you'll open his word and read something there. If it's nothing more than a verse before you do anything else. Because if there's ever any, anything that we need to do in this hour is to make sure he's still in the place in our life where he belongs and where he should be. Amen. God's going to take care of his church. I want to tell you, I don't. it really doesn't matter what happens in this situation right here. This isn't the end of the church. It may be the trying of our faith, but it's not the end of it. And so hang on. Put your faith in Him. For a few moments tonight, let me take you to the book of Psalms. Thank you for being here tonight. I'm glad church means something to you. For our world... It is becoming less and less important. But I'm thankful that you're here. I know it's uh, it's a long day sometimes. But you ought to get up with me and leave when I do. Amen. Psalms chapter 78. This was not any kind, any particular kind of psalm, but a particular psalm. It is called in verse 1, a maskel, which is a psalm of instruction. If you read the entire chapter, you will find that it is a rehearsal of the history of God's people. He said, give ear, O my people, verse number 1, to my law. 
Incline your ears to the word of my mouth and I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children shewing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord. So important that we get that verse. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. Somebody has got to keep rehearsing the story. Somebody has got to keep telling the story. I think for a lot of us, somebody has swiped our testimony. But we need to revive it. We need to talk more about how we came to the Lord. What God had to do to get us to where we are right now and what God's done to keep us where we are right now. Amen. He said, Pray, sing the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments and if you read on you can read the stirring account of Israel's tumultuous journey and how God dealt with them and how God worked with them and how God provided for them Then you skip down to verse number 40. And it says, How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited. Everybody say limited. Limited the Holy One of Israel. And they limited the Holy One of Israel. Amen. God help us tonight to not do that to God. Amen. Will you help me just a moment? We sang a song a little while ago. I'm going to sing a new song. I could not help but think that was one of Brother Cox's favorite songs. I've missed him so much this year. I believe there's a mantle that needs to be picked up of men like that. We lost two great men this week. Brother Schusler, one of the kindest-hearted men that I know of, dealt with such severe disabilities and yet always had such a great spirit. Brother Irvin Baxter, who done so much the realm of prophecy teaching, and somebody's got to pick up that mantle. Amen. Let's not limit what God wants to do. You may be seated. 
One of the saddest sights that you will ever see is a bird or an animal that is made for freedom but found in chains and kept in captivity. I remember one time taking a trip with Callie to the zoo and in the Houston Zoo there is an area where they have, I believe it was there, may have been somewhere, another place, but there was a bald eagle. I stood there for the longest and watched that regal bird that just sat there almost like a statue. I thought of all that it could do, the, the heights that it could soar to. I looked into its piercing eyes. It never flinched. It never blinked. And yet what you saw was a sad travesty of its nature and its ability. Because it was made for flight. It was made to soar. And now it has become a spectacle. Just something for the curious to come by and look at. But what I see are, 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 are wings that were made for the heights to catch the winds and soar to the mountaintops. The piercing cry of freedom that comes as they make their way through their God-given ability to that high place. And yet here they are, limited, bound up, surrounded by uh, things that keep them incarcerated. I've seen the elephant, that mighty beast of uh, the open plains of Africa and other parts of the world. Gigantic, massive, one of the most powerful uh, animals there is anywhere in the world. And yet, if you look it's being held by a small rope tethered to its ankle and a stake that's driven in the ground. How could that be that an animal that could uproot trees and tear up a forest could be brought to a place where it stands docile and unmoved and it's held by that weak chain that it could so easily break if only it would make the effort, but something has been retrained in its mind or thinking to the, to the place where it does not understand or perceive the reality of what it can still do. Tied by that rope that it could so easily break in two, but it never tries. And he stays the sad story of those things that have been limited in life. There's a sadder sight though. It's to see a man created by God with his imprint on him, made in his image, made in his likeness and filled with such ability to have such lofty capacities and yet see man live below his privileges or live in his littleness, hemmed in by Littleness, confined by doubt, tormented by fear, spoiled by the petty jealousies and 
prejudices that so often mark a person's life. Israel was guilty of one of the most heinous of sins and it was this limiting of God. It was the restrictions or the constraints or the confinements that they had placed on him. The literal translation of the word means to draw a circle around. And something had happened in their life to where they drew this circle around God. And that's the limits to where God could operate in their life. It simply means that they were a people who had come to a place in their life that there were areas of their life that they would not allow God into. They would not allow God to operate in that particular area. They had drawn a circle around him. Limiting God meant that they had placed uh, God in, in, in this position where he could not be fully trusted. They would not trust God to do what he was capable of doing. He could not be trusted to take care of them. Although at the moment they were living in a miracle, the very fact that scripture declares that the clothes of their body did not wear out for the 40 year journey in the wilderness is Amazing in itself. They never lacked for food. They never lacked for substance because God had always made sure that they had what they needed. And though they lived within the realm of the miraculous, they still drew a circle around him and said, Yeah, God, you can do this, but you can't do what I really need. It simply means that they could not believe God to be who he said he was. They, it simply meant that issues that they had in their life could not be resolved by God, that they were too complex, they were too convoluted. By limiting him, they had, uh, they had put him within these constraints, within this boundary. They limited him by the way in which they lived. But more so, they limited him by the way they didn't live. Amen. You know, sometimes we all have a checklist of things that we do. And I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. And we think that God's blessings ought to be on us and they should be. And we think that we're not limiting God because we're doing these things. But the reality is, what should I be living? And how should I be living? They limited him when they failed to remember. The Bible said, if you read it in the 78th chapter, they remembered not his hand. They remembered not the outstretched hand. They forgot the helping hand. They overlooked the hand that held them when they were in their weakness. They forgot about the hand that was outstretched to them and sustained them. They forgot about all that God had done in their life. 
How could that be? How could that be? It seems impossible that such a thing could happen. These were they who had seen his great power on display. They had been witnesses at the Red Sea. They had seen his hand in the provision of the manna and the water and the quail. They had seen him work things out in ways that seemed impossible. And yet at this juncture in their life, something had been forgotten. Somehow their problems became too complex. Their troubles became too great. And they drew this circle around God. And they did the unthinkable to God. They put constraints on him. They put limitations on him. They put boundaries on what he could and could not do in their life. I wonder what blessings they forfeited. I know what they received, but I wonder what they lost because of this limiting of God. When you draw boundaries where God has an open door, you are putting yourself in a terrible place. When you look at adversity and, and you see it as trouble and not an opportunity, you are missing part of God's purpose in your life. When you put a period where God puts a comma, you are missing something important in your life. I wonder how many things that we have written off because we thought it was a period and the Lord said, no, that's a comma. I have more to say. This is not the end of the story. This has been a week that has shaken the confidence of most people in what our country represents. But I've got news for you tonight. There's more to this story. And I'm here to tell you tonight that it's not a period, but it's just a comma. And I'm going to tell you tonight this is not the time for me to draw a circle around God and think that God cannot work this out or God cannot take me through. It is not a time for me to forget what God has already brought me out of or forget what he's already done in my life. Clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So my question tonight is, are we drawing circles around him? Are we drawing circles around him? I draw a circle around God when I dictate to him how something is to be worked out in my life. I limit God when I say, I'll drink that cup if you'll just take the bitterness out of it. We limit God when we say, Lord, I'll do this, but I'm not sure I can do that. What I need to pray is not my will, but Thy will be done. I really don't want to have to drink the bitter cup, 
But if that's what it takes to get me where I need to be, then let me drink the bitter cup and let his will be done in my life. Because when I leave the outcome of my life in his hands, he will always work it out for my good. Listen to me, Greater Life Church. Hear me tonight. We limit God when we try to dictate to him how he is to work out the plans of our life. I've had to go through things in my life that I've wondered why. I'm sure you have too. But when I get past them and I look back, I realize most often that they were part of the story. I wouldn't have a story if it wasn't for that dark valley. I wouldn't really have a story if it had not been for that hurt that I lived through and I overcame. But the fact that you're here tonight and you've lived through that hurt and you've lived through that pain and you've lived beyond all the talk that went on and all the things that were said about you and said against you and all the slander and all the things that people did to try to dirty your reputation but you just kept walking. You just kept serving. You just kept worshiping. God brought you through it and now when you look back you realize that is what helped make you who you are tonight. Amen. We limit him when we distrust him. Hath he not said and will he not do it? The great problem of our country right now is that we have a lot of misplaced trust. There's a verse of scripture that God gave to me early on in this COVID epidemic. It's found in the Old Testament and it simply says, cease from man. When I read that verse, God began to talk to me and say, I'm going to tell you what you're going to have to do through this experience. You're going to have to get your eyes off of man. You're going to have to take your confidence off of humanity and put it on me because men are going to fail you. People are going to lie to you and they're going to lie about you. But if you keep your trust in me, I can take you through anything and I can see you through any adversity. I have news for you tonight. COVID-19 is not going to take me out unless God says it's my time to go. Amen. And when he says it's my time, I want to be ready to go. It doesn't matter if a Democrat or an Independent or a Republican. I can tell you what I want, what I'd like, what I would prefer. People don't realize when you vote, you're not voting on a person. You're voting on a platform. You need to look at the platform. What do they represent? Because there's a lot of smoke and mirror in our day. And that's what we've lost in the last few months, in the last few weeks of our life. We have lost focus on what the platform is. I need to do what's right for our country. I need to do what's right by the word of God. I need to live by principles that are stated there. But sometimes I get to the place where I don't think God is capable of helping me and I do injustice to what God really can do. And I draw a circle around him. And I say, okay, God, I, I, can, I, I, I trusted you for that, but I don't know that I can. I wonder tonight, 
I don't really know why the Lord gave me this. I really wasn't even thinking in these terms until last night. But I wonder who's here right now that's having a hard time trusting God with something in your life at this moment. It has so consumed your mind and your spirit. You can't sleep. You're nervous. Your stomach's tore up. You don't know what to do. And the fact is that you're sitting here a miracle in itself. You wouldn't even be here if it had not been for the miraculous hand of God. And he brought you through all of that. And you're questioning whether he can take you through this. Come on. Let's take the boundaries off of him. And let's let him be God. And let him prove himself to us in this hour. I should never alter what God ordains. Amen. I should never try to rewrite God's story. They would not agree with what God was saying and doing in their lives. When we limit him, we miss out on so much. His wisdom, his power. When we limit him, we think that our sins are unforgivable. When we draw a circle around him, We think that our failures are final. We think that our problems are too complex. My question to you tonight is, what do you need to turn over to him tonight that you have been wrestling with and tormented by and worried over and concerned about? What is it that you need to turn over to him and say, God, I just want you to be the God who has brought me to where I am. If you could get me through all of that, if you could take me down the road you've taken me down and keep me to this hour, then surely you can get me through what I am facing in this moment. What are you drawing boundaries around and keeping him out of? What have you written off as impossible? simply because you have not factored God into the equation. Amen. Drawing a circle around him and saying, God, this is your territory. The saddest thing that could be said about us in this hour is that we put restraints on what God could do. Some people feel like this is a tough hour. It is but it's also an hour of opportunity. Amen. I still believe, and I'm going to say it again and again, our greatest revival has not come yet. Amen. How's it going to happen? What if they shut us down? You know what? I am so tired of living on what if. Come on, folks. Let's take the bound, let's take the line, let's, let's erase some lines and say, God, I, I'm not holding you back. I just want you to be God. I want you to do what you're so good at. You're a miracle worker. You're a God that nothing is impossible with. You're a God that nothing is too hard for. You're a God that can help me when I need your help the most. Man, stand with me. Somebody needs to take that eraser tonight and start erasing those lines and say, God, 
I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to put you within those confines. I wonder what you have right now that you need to turn over to him. What problem are you struggling with right now that you need to give to him and say, God, I need you to work this out. You have one? What fear are you struggling with? I don't know if I'm going to have enough to make it. I once was young. Now I'm old. But I have never, 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 I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg bread. You need to take that eraser out and erase that line of fear. What are you doubting God's ability to work out right now? What are you questioning God's sustaining power? Would you do yourself a favor? Come on, let's let's erase that line. Let's... Let's let him be who he wants to be. I'm convinced tonight we haven't even begun to see the miraculous that God wants to do. And you know what? I've been praying. I prayed, God, I got up this morning. I came in here and I prayed. I I anointed every door. I prayed over every pew. I said, God, I want you to move on every person in this building. But I'm going to tell you what I come to the conclusion of this afternoon. If I don't get everybody in this building, I need a handful that said, hey, we're not, we're, we're going to take the limits off. We're going to take the boundaries away. And we're going to just see what God really is capable of doing. Is there anybody in the house that's radical enough? Is there anybody in this house radical enough to erase those lines and say, no more, God. I'm not going to doubt you. I'm not going to worry I'm not going to be fearful. I am not going to be afraid. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to be a worshiper instead of a worrier. Hallelujah. I'm going to be a worshiper instead of a worrier. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to be a singer instead of a sorrowful. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody remember where you were when God found you and when, you, when he filled you with the Holy Ghost? Anybody remember that night? Has anybody had any trouble since then? Did you get through it? Yeah. So why are we worried about this right now? Why are we wondering what's going to happen? I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. God's going to unfold his story. 
And it may not be written out like we thought it was going to be written out, but God's going to unfold his story. And that's where my confidence is, is that God's hand is in this somehow. I don't know how, but God's going to work things and he's going to bring about the fulfillment of his purpose. So what am I going to do? I'm going to erase these lines and say, God, I want you to be God all over this house. I want you to be God all over my life. I want you to be God in every situation in my house. I want you to be God all over everything in my job. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. You need to erase a line right now. Come on, get your eraser out. Come on, get your eraser out. <laughs> erase that line. Come on. If you've got some fear that you're wrestling with, come on, erase that line tonight. Come on, erase that line tonight. Come on, God brought you to where you are right now. He knows how to get you where you need to go. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. a miracle hallelujah 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 come on erase that line erase that border erase that boundary that you put on it take that circle away oh God help me to take the restraints off to remove every better that I placed on you God to be in my life. Come on, lift up your problem to him right now. Lift up your impossibility to him right now. Lift up your hurt to him right now. Lift up your pain to him right now. God, oh God, you're able. You're able. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.